you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. Picasso knows your vacation home is your best home. It's the place that brings family and friends together. It's where you're the best version of yourself. Picasso makes it easy to co-own a luxury vacation home in amazing locations. Listings start at 200K for one-eighth ownership. Picasso does all the work for you. Luxury furnishings, maintenance, billing, scheduling, and more. And you can resell on Picasso's marketplace anytime, historically for a 10% gain. Visit Picasso to see thousands of listings. That's P-A-C-A-S-O dot com. Fourth down and two. Here's one down the sideline. Pass caught by Des Bryant. They're going to mark him inside the one. And a brilliant catch by number 88. That was up for grabs, and Des Bryant went up and grabbed it. And now Mike McCarthy is looking to challenge. After review, it has been determined that the receiver did not maintain possession of the football during the Damashek Football Program available on iTunes and at davedamashek.nfl.com. Now here's your host, Dave Damashek. Hi, and hello, football fans. It's your old pal Dave, Dave Damashek. What's going down? I hope all's well wherever you are. Welcome to the Dave Damashek Football Program. As of this moment, we are presented by me, Undies. I'll tell you about that in just a second. Of course, you've probably already heard the news. Studio 66, really representative of the human condition, the yin and yang of things, the ups, the downs that it is to be a human being here on the big blue marble, seated way out there to my left, uh, one half of the Move the Sticks podcast. You watch Didn't it I win a Shecky? Watch the path of the draft. Oh, He's a oh, past Shecky. But shouldn't I be introduced winner? as a Shecky Award winner? I'm just now getting through it I, here. No, but I'm Shecky Award winner. Like before but, you do anything, like when people win Emmys right. and all that, they're like Emmy nominated, Emmy right. Award winning. Like twenty fourteen or twenty fifteen. I didn't go back Award to back. Winner. I know you didn't. I didn't go, go, back, I didn't to go back. back to back. Here he is, everybody. And the thing I was going to say, speaking of uh, the highs that one can reach. His alma mater, a national champion once again in men's college basketball. Muzzle tough to the Tar Heels. Right. It's Bucky Brooks, everybody. What's the poop, fella? Ceiling, roof, confetti. Yeah. 
Exactly, exactly. Now. The ceiling I mean, is the roof, and then the confetti flows. We'll talk about that in just a second. <laughs> now, also, the other side of, uh, of the uh, of the there, – there are no highs without lows. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> there, there ain't no valley low enough. And uh, living that experience for Dallas Cowboys fans, kind of sort of at least. It's a little bemusing, I suppose, because Dak Prescott showed you a, a bright right. future here. But – for a decade prior to that, uh, all the hopes and dreams of Dallas Cowboys fans of America's team hung on the right shoulder of one Tony Romo. Now he's headed for the CBS broadcast booth with Jim Nance here to talk about it with us. Our old pal, Dallas Cowboys fan, Elliot Harrison. What's the poop with you, fella? See, I didn't get it either. See, I, oh, yeah. I went twenty four. He was the 24. I went back to back. Did you really? And then I was never brought back. Shecky Award winner. I was two-time MVP and retired. Sent out to. to, uh, (laughs) You know what I'm like? Sent out to stud. Yeah. What's the guy? What's the guy? uh, 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 Oh, okay, like Jeff Tedford. Although he was erroneously called the QB whisperer. I remember. He was the guru in college, but he really didn't. What are you talking about, Trent Dilfer? Aaron Rodgers is the only success story he ever had. Trent Dilfer played like 14 years in the league. All right, but you so, know, so I mean. don't don't be wise. That, you Achilles know Smith. I'm like a QB whisperer. I'm a broadcast whisperer. Once once I feel you're groomed and ready to fly on your own, I release Flock. you. Flock. I release you, and then I bring in a new class, and I start working with them. You ever heard of the fantasy hipsters? Those kids with the with the wacky beards and the fantasy football knowledge. They're my new project. Don't you see? I've never I've never heard of them. You don't know uh, Matt Harmon? You know Dan Danzu. I didn't know what they were called. The hipsters. Oh yeah, yeah. Where, I just where, know something about these, on, these names. You guys are now flying sweaters with ties. The, the heroes, half schlicked hair. Yeah, then they're the ATN heroes. Why the heroes? Because that's what they call themselves. Let them. Well, how, don't you have to have a reason? Do they have a theme song? No, yeah, every superhero has a theme song. Let them have their little victory. Well, you're hating today. I'm not hating. I'm just you know, I call it being critical. Oh, I, I know. Once I start defending somebody, I'm in for it too. Where? Oh, I know. I know. I came. I came here specifically. <laughs> Specifically, like when I woke up this morning and I checked Twitter and I saw Tony Romo retired or was going to be released, I was like, you know what? I need to come in, Shaq, because I know some of the I most, know somebody else is coming in, and I need to be on the other side of the fence. Some Just of the most spirited conversation uh, conversations in the DD football program's rich history are uh, involve Elliot Harrison and Bucky Brooks debating the man, the football player. The quarterback of America's team, Tony Romo. Backup quarterback of America's team. Uh, oh, starting wow. out already, are I'm we? Sure what episode what number is this, by the way? You said the rich history. What what number are we up to? I don't know, like 550 or something like that? I wow. Something, uh, something. How about that? Yeah, we're in the 540s. Something like High that. High 540s. Yeah. They were like in the low twos when I got put out to stud. All right, let's 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 <laughs> talk about it. Before we jump into all things Romo and the 2017 draft, by the end of this month, Bucky, we'll be in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Yeah. We'll be watching the draft. We'll talk about this because now the Houston Texans have a more obvious issue at quarterback. So do the Browns. So do many teams. So the, the Denver Broncos. I want to talk about that. Is it uh, now? Do they go Cuddy? Do they go Cap? Do they go Ryan Fitzpatrick? That's the most depressing option of all in my book. Or do you look to the draft? There are some intriguing options. We'll get your uh, both your thoughts on that in just a minute. But I did mention it is the start of a new partnership. Our 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 new uh, our new supporter, me undies, and with that comes a new rule that uh, I'm gonna wear pants every show now. I'm going to always wear pants. 
Um, no, wait. You that's right. not the rule. I've You're been right. wearing. I'm going to go pants optional to show whether. Sometimes, sometimes show off the underwear. I may not. Yeah, because that's that's how far I'll go to uh, to show off these uh, the wears, the underwears. What's the first thing you, you you put on and the last thing you take off? Underwear. Make your most important piece of clothing the best it can be with me undies. I have a box of of them right here. What do we go, fellas? Do we go boxer briefs? Do you go briefs? Do you go boxers? What's uh, what's your preferred? So that would be a boxer brief, right? Right. That's what I'm holding here. They're very soft. How do you feel about the different color band with the underwear? Like if you wear the blue underwear, white band, black band, gray underwear. Or I, do you like more the monochrome look? With I give underwear? a lot of uh, thought to a lot of uh, a, a lot of inessential matters. That's the one I've never really considered. I'm you, fine Bob? with it. I'm cool with it. I don't. I don't really go with those. I, I kind of have a tendency to go with more of the uh, the swimmer look. Oh, Ooh. the briefs. Hey, not bikini briefs. I hope. I mean, not not bikini briefs, but like I kind of. Like the show off All right, that's what me undies. Me undies can handle you. What is me undies? Seriously soft, feel good undies delivered right to your door. They were delivered to the door of Studio 66 this morning. Me undies designed in LA, made from uh, sustainably sourced micro modal A fabric, three times softer than cotton. I'm put. I have it in my right hand as I am uh, saying this, and I can attest they are very soft. Me undies softer than soft. Lugs undies. Is it Lugs? Lugs, L-U-X-E? I just wonder how soft they are. I'll look into it. I'm going to say luxurious undies come in an ever-changing selection of classic colors, bold shades, and adventurous patterns so you can tailor your undies to your own personal style. And guess what? You can save time and money each month with a monthly subscription. A subscription to underpants. What a glorious world in which we live. And if you're not ready for a subscription, that's okay. You can still save. That's because MeUndies is offering you 20% off your first pair. Just use our special URL, MeUndies.com slash NFL2017, and get 20% off your first pair. So go ahead, revamp your underwear drawer. You deserve it. Once again, MeUndies.com slash NFL2017, MeUndies.com Slash NFL 2017. Do it, DDFP. Go get them, Czech Republic. You know, these are very soft. I don't know which ones I'm going to wear. I guarantee you I will wear them (laughs) by day's end. And you know what? We're instituting a new policy. Most football games, well, all football games have an MVP at the end of it. We're going to have an MUP at the end of every DDFP. uh, Me underpants. Uh, Me fit into those? Me undies performer of the show. Are these my size? Sure. I can't tell. They look about right. Yeah. We'll see how they work. Anyway, so there's that prize hanging in the balance. Let's see who performs better. As we jump in on the Tony Romo talk here, a lot of directions to address this, but let's start with the the career of Tony Romo. This is something we've talked about over the years. Let's update it now. Staubach, Aikman, Romo, Dak. You want to go – Don Meredith, have at it. You want to go Craig Morton? Include him, if you will. Quincy Carter, and so on. Give me the top three. I'll start with you, Elliot Harrison. Well, I would say Staubach's clearly number one. Clearly. I think, yeah. I think it's close between Aikman and Romo. I mean, Aikman has the wins, which I know everyone, maybe outside of me, thinks that that's like the most important stat ever with a quarterback. Uh, I think it's a team game, which we talk about a lot. And I think Troy Aikman had a lot of help. But he's a great player. Um but was Aikman better than Tony Romo? I'd have a hard time saying that. And I'm not even – I don't care about the all-time leader and passing yards and touchdowns. They didn't ask Aikman. 
to throw the ball 45 times a game. So I, I would go Staubach one, Aikman two, and Aromo a, a close third. Buck, as a uh, as a scout of NFL QBs, whose skill set did you like the most? Staubach, Aikman, Romo? Uh, as a scout from an evaluating standpoint, Aikman would rate up there. His, Is that right? Could he have played to Elliott's point if Aikman had been asked, hey, you're, it's 2015 now, you know, or it's 2012, the game of football has changed from when you were playing it. Could he handle 40, 45 passes a game? I think so. Really? I think he would be no different than what Tom Brady's been. You put him in the offense, huh. let him sling it, he absolutely would have been able to do it. He's that kind of talent. I mean, he was number one overall pick in sure. 1989. I mean, he's a big-time player. He, the golden boy. Remember, he went from Oklahoma to UCLA. Um Oklahoma, he was asked to run the option, something that he wasn't very comfortable doing. Comes back to UCLA, does what he does under Terry Donahue, then ascends and becomes the number one overall pick, goes to Dallas, struggles early. But like anything with the quarterbacks, we always talk about they are only as good as kind of their supporting cast and the system that you placed them in. He had a nice supporting cast. He had the triplets with Emmitt. He had Mike Irvin on the outside. Alvin Harper had that big offensive line. He had everything that you should surround the franchise quarterback with, and he delivered – which you're supposed to deliver when you're given everything. Aikman, uh, I remember when he went down in um, against the U in Oklahoma and was replaced by Jamel Holloway, never to regain the position. You talk, I like playing the what-if game in football. What if he never breaks his leg? What becomes <laughs> That's a, a big one. Troy Aikman, what happens with Barry Switzer's football philosophy? It's funny that a- that Switzer then winds up coaching the Cowboys a decade For sure. Ago. And Bucky mentioned that he was number one in that draft. That was a heck of a draft to the be number one in. Draft <laughs> <is> the, <laughs> Barry Sanders, Deion Sanders, Derek Thomas, Andre no. Risen, who my No, no, no. Uh, There's well, yeah, well, you're, yeah, you got it. There's yeah. I, I did an NFL about it. As a matter of fact, you can dig it up. I tweeted it out a few days ago. It's a fascinating one because you have out of the top five picks in 1989, all Hall of Famers and Tony Mandrich. Tony Mandrich, right? Yes, you have. It goes. Uh, what order did it go? in? I think Dion doesn't go till four. Mandrich was two, right? I think so, or maybe three. Barry Sanders There's is three. in there. Um, and uh, De- wait, Dion, uh, Aikman, Sanders. Um, Mandrich. We're forgetting somebody. Obviously, another Hall of Fame name is, uh, is slipping through the cracks there. Thomas didn't go that high. And did Derek Tom. Oh, did I not? Oh, we, yeah. yeah, and Derek, yeah, Derek Thomas. Thomas yeah, went five. to the Chiefs there. I uh, was it even five? Yeah, somebody might that might have been. That's four, incredible. And Dion maybe goes five. Yeah, pretty uh, pretty good draft unless you were the Green Bay Packers that year. Um, <laughs> all right, this is something else we we've done on the show uh, a number of times. Elliot's back in here. So too is Bucky. Bucky is as we speak writing with a gold pen. Mm-hmm. Now let's talk about gold jackets. It's time for Hall or Nothing, the Tony Romo edition. <laughs> Bucky Brooks, it's all said and done now for number nine, the QB of America's team. He's going to be in the CBS booth, so we'll see him there. But in five years' time, will we see him getting a gold jacket or at any point in his life getting a gold jacket? I mean, it depends because now we have these different distinctions because a first ballot Hall of Fame is viewed differently than – Someone who eventually sneaks into the Hall of Fame. I know. I hate that, too. That's a conversation for another time. To me, he's not a first ballot Hall of Famer. Okay. I think he eventually becomes a Hall of Famer because. All right, but uh, just just for the record, let me say it again. So I've revisited it. If you're a Hall of Famer, you're a Hall of Famer. This nonsense with yeah, being a first. Oh, he's, I'm going to vote for him next year. He's just not a first ballot Hall of Famer. Well, I don't, I don't know. Here's, here's why I'm, I'm sideways. I'm sideways because the whole Terrell Owens thing. I just don't know how Terrell Owens is sitting on the outside and. 
I spoke with Terrell Owens at the Super Bowl in Houston, Texas. His uh, the best quarterback he ever played with, Tony Romo. That's that's kind of high praise. I mean, it's high praise, and I think that's what To says. You can give Romo high praise based on where he came from, undrafted quarterback. Because when you're undrafted, that means no one necessarily thought that you had more than one or two redeeming qualities. So to come from being an undrafted quarterback, guy viewed with few redeeming qualities, to be a starter for over a decade for America's team to put up the numbers that he put up. He's certainly knocking on the door. I think the big thing that will come because now the hall of fame has become a popularity contest better than a meritocracy. Um, how will people view his career? Will they view the moments of failure that kind of have stood out like the Seattle moment and the turnovers against the giants at the end of the year, stuff like that. Or will they be able to take his career and say like, this is a dude who has, Arguably, I think he has the highest passer rating of anyone who hasn't appeared in a Super Bowl. He's fourth all-time in passer rating. Um, the completion percentage and all those things. Um, it certainly puts him in that conversation where you have to kind of say, like, man, this is one of the best players of his era, even though the era has changed in terms of the way they throw it around the yard. I think he eventually gets in, though. It's, you know, I've, I've made this point uh, a number of times about uh, why Lynn Swan's in the Hall of Fame. It's because whether you like it or not, whether you think it's fair or not, and I, there's certainly a lot of merit in Lynn Swan shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame based right. on numbers and career deeds. The, the, the reason he is, though, is because he made iconic plays in big games that everyone who watches football Splash saw. You may, not, you may say that's ridiculous, but that's how the voters vote. Romo doesn't exactly have those. He had a lot of, you know, for all the knocks of his failures in two-minute situations, he had a lot of success in those situations, too. But in January, we just played at the very top of the show. You heard maybe, you know, you, the Seattle fumble on the uh, field goal and all that kind of stuff. That uh, that being said, I, I feel like the biggest moment, the decisive moment of his career was that one ball. Fourth and two, by the way. The nails to make that throw. Des catches it. They win that game. That maybe puts him in the Hall of Fame. And I know that's crazy to say. I don't think it is. But, I mean, really, people are – the voters are human beings. And so they, they viscerally will recall that play. And, like, oh, yeah, they went to Seattle. And what if they had beaten Seattle and gotten to – we wouldn't have the – it would certainly be Romo's in the Hall of Fame. EH, I'll say you. Well, I'm just blown away, first of all, that Bucky even acknowledged him as a potential Hall of Famer because you've come around a little bit. You used to be harder on him. No, uh, no, no, no. I was one of his biggest – supporters and defenders but I also understand kind of what it is I think quarterbacks in general get too much credit and too much criticism I think everything that we do in this league is about the quarterback and part of the reason is because all the analysts are quarterbacks so they make it a game that is about the quarterback and there's so much more to it I will say this he is talented he had to carry a team that wasn't a very good team for a while and he carried them to kind of like as far as he could carry them, like those years they were 8-8 eight and eight or whatever. When he was supported with a great cast, for whatever reason, they couldn't get over the hump. Some of that may have been him. Some of that may have been other factors. Um, obviously, the Dez Bryant catch, there was a team. I was at that game. They dominated the game. DeMarco Murray doesn't fumble. They move DeMarco on. DeMarco Murray fumbles mm-hmm. and completely changed it. They were mollywopping the Green Bay Packers and didn't finish it. I think the big thing for voters will be able to kind of cast aside those moments that stand out because – those moments, his failures stand out just because of the way they occurred and when they occurred. End of game, we always talk about clutch moments, clutch shots or whatever, and even though some of that is just kind of fluff, 
But people remember Michael Jordan making shots. They remember Kobe making shots. I don't, don't think don't it's remember. unfair yeah. to reference yeah, the, the biggest moments uh, they don't of remember. a professional's career and coming through right, in the clutch. Right. There. I think that's completely they don't, they don't valid. Remember, they don't remember those guys' misses because they've banked some makes or whatever. And right. I think for Romo, he has all of these fourth-quarter comebacks and game-winning drives. But because they occurred in the regular season and because they didn't occur necessarily on a big stage – they kind of get washed away. With the other thing snake. that you reference, and the further away we get from it, the less meaningful it'll be to the voters. But in the moment when Roma was at the, it, this is such a nuanced kind of point to say, yeah, but if Alex Smith were the quarterback of the Cowboys right now, they would be winless. And instead, Romo has some semi-relevant. They're not going to win the Super Bowl. But in those years that you that you, his career starts as a starter, he goes thirteen and three with the and and loses to the Giants in the divisional round. Then he goes out basically with that Des game in, in Lambeau, the catch-non-catch. And in between, there are a bunch of, like, eh, so-so years, but really he made them better than they otherwise would have. I mean, they would have been bum-bum right. teams right. if they would have had, you know, as a replacement, yeah. uh, say, Alex Smith, let, who's a fine QB. Well, let me just throw out some things into the DDFP ether here <clears throat> about Tony Romo. You guys have already referenced a couple of them, but first of all, I think the, the prism in which we view things has everything to do with this. So if a guy's first big moment in the playoffs, he delivers, and he stinks after that, he's always going to be thought of as the guy that delivered. Uh, case in point, Eli Manning, who's led the league in interceptions three times. Uh, but I'm in agreement on that because I've had that yeah. argument about Tony Romo's a better player than Eli Manning. He is. There's, I don't think there's any question about that in my mind. But uh, Tony Romo's first mistake as a quarterback was actually as a holder. If Matt McBriar holds on to the football, Bill Parcells never puts Tony Romo in there to hold in the first place. He shouldn't have been doing it. And so, yeah, he drops a brand-new slick football as a holder, and how that's held against him as a quarterback is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Think about that. It's, Think about what you've done, Football America, and I've contributed to it, that this man, it's for so more stupid. than a decade, the whole thing is he dropped the snap, and that is the moment of his career. It is. It's the moment of his career. I mean, if we asked Tom Brady to kick a 36-yard field goal Bill, and he shanked it, we're going to, you know. Hey, but, like, we, we have to call it Bill Buckner. Is that forever remembered? But that's the act the ball, of playing first base. What, but, you're but he's debating, playing football, though. But you're debating. But playing football, though. Like, nah, like, you don't put Bill Buckner as a situational it's reliever. Stupid. It's stupid, and it's anecdotal, and it's – I mean, it's circum. What's stu- – will you disagree no, no, with that? No, 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 with what he's saying, that uh, Bill Buckner was playing first base when that – No, no, no. It's still football, I, though. Like, I mean, you're, still, you're debating still, fairness, Elliot. Yes. The, Life but, isn't fair. But this is reality. Yeah. Okay. That is going to stand out. January matters more than October in okay, football. Okay, fair. So and that does – that. I agree with you that it's let's stupid. Talk, let's talk I, I agree that rationally – that you're making a fine point. However, back to where I started on, like, you make iconic plays that are positive in the big games. Mm-hmm. Those are weighted. What's Dan Fouts' iconic play? I, it's a weird uh, random question to throw at I me. Mean, well, the victory in Miami. The, uh, over, the double overtime win in Miami. First, that's the first thing that's the first thing. That but there's no out. iconic play from Fouts in that that's, game. That's the first thing that, that stood out. All right, I'm going to reference that as a moment. Though. Okay. So, to, to both of y'all's points, Tony Romo does have a big playoff comeback. It was against the Detroit Lions, but everybody blamed that on the refs. But he had to bring the Cowboys back in the fourth quarter to you're win that about, game. You're talking about when they pegged the Cowboy in the back of the helmet and they didn't call the flag? <laughs> right. That one? But here's the point. But here's the <laughs> Is point. that the one? That the one? Right. That's so what we're talking about. If you have every time the guy does something good, you have an excuse for it. And then every time he does I something did, bad, or he's not even playing his own position, oh, yeah, he stinks. So – all right. That, that, see, you're always very sensitive. You're always very yeah, delicate about Romo. You got number nine up under. 
Nobody, yeah, no, nobody yeah, said he stinks. Nobody I, said when point. that happened that he stinks. Can nobody declared Romo stinks. Can at I give that you some point. facts? How about that? Please. The reason I brought up Dan Fouts. You're is getting hyperbolic to make your case like ever, the world declared Tony Romo's a bum because he fumbled that ball. What I said at the time, and I was proven correct. You used correct, to be really hard on him. No, dude. no, no. Not but, now. You've come around too. No, you I used to not. bash him. Today on Twitter. Today, today is his day. Like today is. That's Tony right. Romo what am I going to do? I'm going to. I don't, don't want to jump up. I don't want to jump up and down on his. Of grade. course, like he, right. One like and two. You know, I'm not. What I have always I said. You said, used to. Not no. not anymore. In the last couple of years, you come around. To. What not used to. What I always say is, and you, there's no argument against this unless you uh, unless you're trying to win the argument is exactly what you said. If a guy in his first big game. Mm-hmm comes out victorious, then he gets tabbed. He's a winner. I don't necessarily agree that that won. What I think is more meaningful is what it does to that guy's that's frame true, of mind. Though. Like here's, here's what I'll say about that. Like that is nice and, and noble or whatever, but that's not true because if that was really the case, then we never would have piled on Colin Kaepernick as a guy who went to a Super Bowl and a division championship the next year. We would have always treated him as a guy who was, hey, this guy led the San Francisco 49ers to whatever. So it's not that true. It depends on whether you like a guy or not in terms of how much you will. Well, will I, I want to veer back in. I encourage you to go listen to last week's DDFP. We had Doug Farrar from Bleacher Report and uh, Chris Wessling chopping up Kaepernick and his football deeds and the off-the-field stuff. And and uh, he certainly seems like uh, this probably helps him a little bit. You know, that Romo's out. Maybe there's uh, an extra team that – I don't uh, think so. I don't think, I, I don't think the Texans, from what I gather, are going to give him a look. The point is, Elliot, that I have always made about Romo, whether, whether or not people want this to be true or fair or whatever else, if you are used to winning, hey, you know what? I'm the guy. I come through in the clutch. If you have in your head that I'm clutch because, and, and I can refer back to, yeah, remember that Super Bowl when I beat Tom Brady? Eli has that rightly in his head mm-hmm. he has two that, that he's a winner, that he he's two. a winner and I'm going to get this done. And, and the other side of that is, Clayton Kershaw, forget Romo, Clayton Kershaw, you fail once, you you dominate, you're the best in the sport, but then you failed in, in your first October and everybody's uh, giving you the business. Dang, I got to get this right. You get another try at it and it happens again. Forget the media, forget what anybody else thinks. Now it's in your head and, and it's imp- people want to make athletes, these, high, the, 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 these highly talented athletes into something other than human beings. They still hear it. They still feel it. They know all those so, knocks, and they have a chip on their shoulder. Now I got to get this monkey off my back. To, what did Steve Young do when he finally got over the hump against the Chargers? Get that monkey off my back. That's the iconic image yeah, from that game is him doing that. That proves my point. They hear it. They all hear it. They all know that this – they all know that people think, oh, I'm not clutch. i got to be clutch this time. Now i got to come through. I always would point that out and about Romo, and that's it, rattling around that's his, a, in his head. Steve Young's a great point. By the way, I'm lockstep with you on my Hall of Fame. You said, the whole, original question was Hall or right. nothing. I think he's one of those guys 18 years from now he gets in. And I think that's kind of what you were saying. Yeah, kind of. I, think, like, I mean, I think, I think, I think he eventually gets. Yeah. I think his numbers and stuff are worth. It. I think the problem that will go it comes to the epic moments and what we're able to show are the NFL films highlights. Like, what can they show? And I what get games? you. What's what is kind of like the crystallizing moment that you're like, that's Tony Romo. That kind of represents and embodies who he is. And you talk about like the snap or whether it be the interception against the Giants or whatever. Um, do you have enough of plays on the other end of the mm-hmm. spectrum that you can bang? Be like, yeah, he made he he messed those up, but look at the ones that he did, and did they come in 
critical moments or epic stages. So the reason Eli gets a pass, because two times in Super Bowls, regardless of how he played or whatever, he has two moments. He has the crazy David Tyree play, and then he has the pass to Mario Manningham. And because those happen on a big stage where everybody saw them, he always so no. Well, no the one Eli cares. Co- and by the way, wh- wh- where Eli's concerned, a couple more years throwing the ball to Odell and Brandon Marshall and the rest. Oh, his gonna, numbers yeah. are going to be his numbers so be. prohibitive that there's and it no does, way. And keep people will forget that he led the league in interceptions three times. They won't forget. Well, people, like, someone will mention it, but he, he he's going to the hall and and to the point of whether or not Romo gets a gold jacket, he might lose it because of Eli. They will come to a point like we can't put this many quarterbacks from this yes. era in and, and Phil also, Rivers is in that conversation see, see, he's right there because I think I think actually Philip Rivers and Tony Romo are the guys fighting for a way to get into the club because mm-hmm. Philip Rivers won't have any Super Bowls unless something happens miraculously over the next two or three years he won't have any there he'll have a bunch of great stats he'll have Pro Bowls and and those things but he won't have those moments he doesn't have enough moments where you're like ah oh, that pushes him over the top and what? I think that's just I think it's just gonna be tough it's hard because I'm hearing you guys. There, there's so many good points that you guys are making, but just like to the point about the interception against the Giants, it, it was fourth in the game from the 20 yard line. I, I mean, I it's, it was essentially a hail mary that R.W. McCorders intercepted. Yet that's held against Romo. I'm talking about we always bend the sports narratives to what we want them to be. So when a quarterback's on a losing team, if it's Romo, he's blamed. If it's Archie Manning, oh, what a great player he could have been. How come Archie Manning's not blamed for that? Because that's also that's also like bef- that's before. Our era, like okay. It's, different, it's a different thing, like like those things. So like, if you could give like a more, like a closer, okay, more tangible thing, then people would be like, oh, okay, I got well, it. I Steve this. Young, Steve Young finally got over the hump because the 49ers circumvented salary cap rules, put together a 1994 defense by paying for all these guys: Ricky Jackson, Deion Sanders, Toy Cook. Who were they? Richard Dent, mm-hmm. Ken Norton. Who am I forgetting? That that the team was com- completely different. And then the other thing is the reason I brought up Dan Fouts with you, because I know you've always been a big Dan Fouts guy, and I am too. Uh, as, I thought he as was a, a January failure for yeah. the most part. Three playoff wins for Dan Fouts. He walked into the Hall of Fame, first ballot, just went right in there. And I think when you compare the, the two of them, you'd be surprised. A couple of things, you, you guys printed out the stats here. Uh, one stat that's not on here is yards per attempt. And what I love about yards per attempt is it really circumvents the eras. Because it's bang for the buck. And if you look at the top guys in NFL history at yards per attempt, they're all Hall of Fame players, or Ben Roethlisberger, who's not, but but I think we can agree will be. But it's guys like Norvan Brocklin, Sid Luckman, Otto Graham, Tony Romo, Aaron Rodgers, Ben Roethlisberger. Yards per attempt incorporates everything. Interceptions, incompletions, whatever. And it also goes to show what you were talking about, Troy Aikman, Bucky, about his talent. Mm-hmm. Troy Aikman's best talent, I thought, was the skinny posts, the the deep outs. He could throw that intermediate ball, and that's what Tony has always done, you know, and been able to do it. I think with less the deep outs. I've never seen a QB who's the equal of uh, Aikman. I agree. He could drop that thing in the bucket twenty five yeah. yards down the field. But I think only it, Irving. Could but I, I think it, his even bigger skill is not necessarily like the physical part of it. I don't think Tony. I mean, uh, Troy Aikman gets enough credit for his management skills. I know a lot of people oh, talk about the numbers. He doesn't have these impressive numbers or whatever, but a lot of times for the Cowboys back then, they threw early and ran late. So they would come out, throw it around the yard a little bit. Then in the second half, they salted away with the running game. And so he would finish maybe 18 or 22 for 225 yards. But 
they kind of whooped you in a fashion that was 27 to 10 or 27, 28. Yeah, 17. they jumped you and then, right. Right. Just and held they just on, kind, right. Of, kind of sold it away. I, I, I think the toughest thing in comparing quarterbacks of different eras, Tony Romo will have to battle against the quarterbacks from this era, the mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers, the Drew Brees, the whatever. And so when people started looking at the resume, they start obviously looking at what are the notable things? How many crown jewel moments do they have when it comes to Super Bowls and the like? And then kind of working their way down. And so because of that, he'll be penalized unfairly or not on what his teams did, how many accolades and stuff they were able to collect, how many division titles, all that other stuff, and then the moments. And I think that could be a sticking point. One more thing about how we regard uh, these uh, these NFL QBs. Uh, wh- who would be better to in the 21st century? You you referred to it early, and I used to I used to be with you on this, Buck. That all right, it's not just about the QB. There's so many factors of uh, essential things that you need to have if you wanna if you wanna um, win a Super Bowl. Look at who's won the Super Bowl in the 21st century: Brady, Peyton. Roethlisberger, Rodgers, Breeze, these guys are uh, – Russell Wilson. These are guys who are, you know, top five QBs. And But then where perception bleeds into that. If Romo had won one Super Bowl, who, I mean, but he didn't win a Super Bowl. I mean, had he won a Super Bowl, I don't think there'd be any question that we would have the last half dozen years talked about mm-hmm. Romo in the same breath with all the guys I just named to you. Now he's more he, – it's harder to figure out where he ranks in, me, in the 21st century. But whose career would you rather have, Joe Flacco's or Tony Romo's? Flacco is wildly inconsistent and mediocre for the well, most part, but he did break through and get that one Super Bowl. Who, really? who would you rather be? I'd rather be Joe Flacco because you're asking me would I rather be the Florida Marlins or the Atlanta Braves. Right. Atlanta Braves won 17 straight division titles. Who cares? You win two World Series, that's all people care about. And so, for me, I want to hoist the trophy and be – How about you, Elliot? That's a good question for you because that's exactly the knock on Roma. Well, I think given the state of where we are, I agree with Bucky. But that's kind of what I'm talking to you about is the narrative. You know, the, the narrative of Romo has always been wrong. Not the facts, not what Bucky's talking about. I mean, we celebrate Kurt Warner uh, because of his great story. But once Kurt Warner got on the Rams, okay, Dick Vermeil believed in him. He had a job in 98, and then in 99, he becomes a quarterback. When Tony Romo got signed in 03, mm-hmm. he's the third string, and Bill Parcells signed him because he liked his moxie, literally. That's why he signed him. In 04... Parcells brings Vinny Testaverde, one of his guys, to the team. The Cowboys acquire Drew Henson with the draft pick from Charlie Casserly. So they've got an investment in Drew Henson. And Quincy Carter had taken him to the playoffs the year before. They lost to the John Fox Panthers team that you were associated with right in the the wild card game. So, okay, Romo didn't have a place on the team. He's done. Quincy Carter gets in trouble. If Quincy Carter doesn't get in trouble with off-the-field stuff – then Romo never, ever plays for the Cowboys because Quincy had been number one, Vinny two, Drew Henson three. But we don't celebrate that aspect. We always just compare Romo no, with the what other. What we guys. have to do is this leads me nicely yeah. into the into the next uh, subject where Romo and several of the other names we just heard there, Bucky, you uh, fair or not, you have to do it now. Okay. You're a scout. Mm-hmm. Answer for all scouts. Tony Romo. Dak Prescott. Drew Henson on the other side of things. Um, Kurt Warner is in there. Tom Brady, I don't know if you heard, he was a six-round pick. 
All this amounts to what goes on with the scouts? What gives scouts? <laughs> How many misses can you make here? And then we're supposed to still listen to you? How many misses can you make? Yes, those are a lot of misses. It's not really a lot of misses. That's not a lot. No, because the only the – Tony only- Romo wasn't drafted. Now we're talking about if he's a Hall of Famer. Tom Brady is the best of all time, and he was a sixth-round pick. Right. Meantime, Jamarcus Russell was first overall. What gives, scouts? The talent level. It becomes the talent level. It's a dog and pony show in terms of drafting. Drafting is nothing more than pole position. Uh, when you really look at this league, and I, I did a study this season on the Pro Bowlers. Uh, 50% of the Pro Bowlers came in the first round. Actually, 65% of the pros first, second round. Wow. 50% of those were top 20 picks. Like, there's a reason guys are drafted high. Those guys are viewed as the guys that have all the qualities and traits. How did Romo slip through the cracks then? What didn't he have when he was 21 for all the scouts out there that he went undrafted? Well, I mean, what could have happened? He played at a small school, Eastern Illinois. I don't know what his numbers were. I don't know if he necessarily, like, back then showed that he had a big arm and how he played. If you really look at him, he's a bit of a gunslinger. He played kind of a wild, undisciplined style. You didn't know how that would translate to the league. But a lot of times with all these guys, you don't know how they're going to act when they get their opportunity. And so what you're trying to do is make an educated guess based on what they've shown, what physically plays in the league traditionally, and how do they fit into your scheme. So obviously if you talk about Tom Brady, because everyone loves to go back to Tom Brady, oh, he was a sixth-round pick. Well, if the Patriots knew that Tom Brady was going to be Tom Brady, would they have waited to the sixth round? I listen, I don't give the right, Patriots I'm just saying, credit, so, but now, no. So, so, so don't you Spicer that, me. No, don't no. you Sean Spicer so, me. I didn't go to here, Tom Brady. I went here, to Tony Romo is who I so went to. Here is what I will say, and this is what I will say about Tom Brady before he became the great Tom Brady. Those, so those three of the first, those three Super Bowls they went in four years. That team was carried by their defense. That team wasn't carried by Tom Brady. Now I'm definitely Tom Brady. getting spicier. Tom Brady. I didn't. I didn't. Tom Brady. Tom Brady was. Well, then what about that a, Prescott? He was a trailer back then. What about Kurt Warner? How did okay, that happen? So now, How did no one so now, get Kurt Warner? Here, here's the thing with Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott played in a spread system. Dak Prescott played in a system that many wondered could he come out of that system and play in more of a pro style traditional system. His junior year at Mississippi State. He ran. He ran for over 1,000 yards. He was one of only three players in the SEC to have 15 passing touchdowns and 10 or more rushing touchdowns in multiple seasons. Him, Tebow, and Joshua Dobbs, who's coming out in the draft this year. He didn't play in the pocket primarily. His last year he did some stuff, but you just wonder. You see a big physical player. I mean, what do you do that? Now, he was undervalued because he was drafted in the fourth round. I, in the fall – of that year said he kind of reminded me of Steve McNair, had people on record say that he's a second-round pick. Draft day, things happen, people kind of fall or whatever. I think the thing with Dak Prescott, perfect situation, right support and cast. And talking to Jason Garrett this summer, he said in building the team in the roster, this is before Romo, yeah, it was the week. It was the week that Dak made his first start against the Rams in preseason. He said we needed to build a team that was less dependent upon the quarterback that all the ancillary pieces made it easy for the quarterback to do their job, meaning we need to be able to run the football, we need to be able to have pass catchers where they can throw it and they can make plays, and all the quarterback has to do is be a great decision maker and distributor. So if you go and look at Dak Prescott and that system in Dallas, he's asked to be the dealer. All he's doing is just dealing spades, and that's what he's been able to do. The test will be for Dak Prescott when things go awry and they start to lose some of those pieces around him 
does he have the stuff to be the guy? It's the same question that Russell Wilson had to answer. It's the same question that all these young quarterbacks have to answer. Do they have the wherewithal to be able to carry the team or does the team have to carry them? Which is why we always talk about quarterbacks are either trucks or trailers. They either carry the team or the team carries them. And it's only like three or I four. Think that's trucks. interesting. I, I think it's interesting because if you said the Cowboys have a higher, higher ceiling with Dak than Romo, partially because Romo's uh, inability to stay available, I'm with you. I, I understand that. But if you would have dropped Dak in a Jared Goff's situation, I don't think we would have said near the same. But if you would have dropped Tony Romo in Jared Goff's situation, I think he would have had the Rams competitive. And I can, I can. Tony Romo now would. Yeah, yeah that's what I'm saying. Tony Cause, Romo because right. he's, he's a veteran quarterback. He knows how to play. He can, he can get them to a certain point. But I don't know if he would have been able to. Make well, you know that. what? Let's let's move into that uh, yeah. part of the conversation then. Romo now out of uh, because I thought Romo to L.A. and it wasn't for the splash necessarily. I one thing I've been saying this off season is the stereotype that LA sports fans need splash to happen. You know, oh we need a big name to get our interest. No, but they do like winners and mm-hmm. that is true of all sports towns. There's nowhere that doesn't like winners. So LA gets unfairly uh knocked for that. That being said, Jay Cutler I think would be an upgraded quarterback for them right now and we be who? over Jared Goff. And I also think Colin Kaepernick is, let's do it now. Let's play Cuddy, Cap, or Draft, and let's start with Houston <laughs> Texans because it was uh, that was the rumor for a long time. Romo to Cuddy, the Texans, Cuddy, it's going to happen. Cuddy, Cuddy, i got to write this down. Cuddy, Cap, or Draft. Cuddy, Cap, or right. Draft. Bucky, I start with you. Mm-hmm. Where will uh, Bill O'Brien's gang go for 2017? Or what? will they actually roll with Tom Savage? Tom Savage is who they're planning to roll with. He is on record saying that I don't think a young quarterback in any situation can come in and play right away. He said the league is too tough uh, to go from being on a college campus to being able to play against grown men, systems, and all that. So they'll go to the draft to find their quarterback of the future. They'll roll with Tom Savage. Who will that be? He can stand up. First-round QB is the rumor. I mean, they're picking 25th. Will Kaiser be there after Brian Kelly? Kaiser's uh, Uh, college coach knocks him in that manner. I think think Mitch Trubisky would be interesting for them just because of how he plays the game and those things and can he handle the complex system. Only played 13 games, which is problematic. Kaiser would be a great fit, highly intelligent kid, prototypical drop-back passer, big, strong arm, can make all the throws, do all the stuff. However, Brian Kelly talked about something. Is he mature enough to be able to be a leader of men in that situation? That's – that's the trick. The reason I would say Cutler and Cap will be out, I don't think this Cap is necessarily a good fit, even though from an intellectual standpoint, he can process a lot of options in those those offenses. When the quarterback drops back, receivers can go anywhere based on the read. It's a lot of stuff that you have to process. you got to be a very confident thrower. you got to throw it timing and anticipation because you have to anticipate where the guy's going to go. That's not really the strength of Cap's game. Cutler would be frustrating for them because Cutler is a turnover machine and – Part of the reason he plays like that is because when he was in Vanderbilt, he was a one-man show, much like the kid that you hear about, Pat Mahomes from Texas Tech. It was all Cutler. He was playing with a bunch of guys that are accountants and corporate guys, and he's just slinging it around, but he never learned how to play winning football. And so if you don't know how to play winning football, you don't understand how to value the ball in those things, and so it's problematic. Well, we talk about narratives and stuff, and Elliot makes the point that sometimes uh, guys are negatively impacted by these narratives. 
Isn't Jay Cutler, can't we make a case that we underappreciate Jay Cutler? When was the last time he had any talent around him? When he's been on talented teams, they've they've performed just fine. The Houston Texans should have a great defense. And with the pass catchers they have, if they can uh, they can keep Cutler clean, isn't there a decent chance that that is the second best team in the AFC behind Tom Brady's gang? I do, but I, th- I guess it depends on if you believe if Bill O'Brien is a great offensive mind. I'm not in the camp that think that he is a great offensive coach. Well, it's more about dominating on defense and scratching out a, a few bit, special but... plays over the course of 60 minutes, right, EH? Yeah, I you know, and just listening to Buck, I, I think draft is right, but if they don't, I don't think it's uh, Cuddy or Cap. I think it's Fitzpatrick. Oh, yeah, God. That's the worst. Oh, uh, my God. I, I, oh, my God. Are you asking me what's best for them or what do I see happening? Oh, geez. No, I, let's play what's best for them because co- head coaches okay. can't get out of their own way. As I said about Josh McCown to the Jets or anywhere else, if you go out and get Brian Hoyer or Ryan Fitzpatrick yep. or any of these guys and you know who they are, you are announcing whatever whatever virtue you can hold up, but here's what he'll bring to our, to our program. Here's what he'll bring to our organization. Here's what he won't bring, a Lombardi trophy. How you, if you are the Texans, as constituted, with a resurgent Jadavian Clowney and J.J. Watt coming back and Whitney Merciless and all that, DeAndre Hopkins and Lamar Miller and everything else there, Dwayne Brown protecting his backside and everything else, you mean to tell me you're going to announce to your fan base yeah, Ryan Fitzpatrick. That's our guy. That that that's the guy that's going to get us. Think, uh, that's going to get us to fifty two. Crap. Or yeah, that's that's I what. Mean, no, yeah, listen, I hold mean, on. Let me Cuddy, just explain. Cap, crap, or draft. You guys had like such that. a visceral reaction. What's, All I was saying. I know you're thinking, saying that's the rumor. Well, what I'm thinking is, is he actually Fitzpatrick played well for Houston a few years oh, ago? Don't, that one, don't, the one year, don't, don't do which that. was hold on. Which was a little bit inflated because he had a five touchdown <laughs> game against the. Uh, I think it was against the Jags, but. I'm thinking it's strictly a backup. I think Tom Savage is who they need to see if they have anything in right. him. They have Brandon Whedon. Yeah, and they have Brandon Whedon. I wasn't implying that Fitzpatrick should come in and then start. I think they should roll with but Tom you, Savage. But you know, if you sign him, yeah. potentially he could play. Like, that's the thing. Like, do you – I understand. You, you saw him. Like, see, here's we talk about epic moments. Yeah. I have those moments of him against the Kansas City Chiefs last year mm-hmm. with – was it six interceptions? Six. In one game. Yeah. Okay. I don't think Cap's – I mean, we all have our bad days. I mean, we all have our bad days. But six picks – Yep. They were bad, too. I think you deliberately have to be trying. Like, it has to be a situation where Ty Bowles is like, are you trying to give me – There were like three of them that were – What? I mean, what what would go through one's brain to say, like, yeah, let's do Ryan Fitzpatrick? Well, look at the options you gave. Jay, I gave you Jay Cutler. And I gave you Colin Kaepernick. Okay, so and if you want to talk about one play here and there and why don't we regard Colin Kaepernick, Colin Kaepernick, again, something we've been talking about of late, Colin Kaepernick elevates that pass in New Orleans uh, in the Superdome Super by champ. one foot. He's the Super Bowl champ. Then there's none of this nonsense around like, oh, he's uh, you can't play him. You can't use him. Now, Dan Hanzoos, I filled in on the Rich Eisen show last week. I had Hanzoos on. He said, well, what about Mark Sanchez? He almost got the Super Bowl. And he stunned me for a moment. He popped me in the in the nose, and I, I didn't know where to go. I was seeing I was seeing red for a second. Then I then I gathered myself like uh, a champion and does, was, and, and I came back and I counterpunched him. Then he was I, I I knocked him out cold with this. Mark Sanchez almost getting to a Super Bowl, needing several more plays to get over the hump to get to a Super Bowl, is not comparable with Colin Kaepernick being one throw away from winning the Super Bowl. He was at the two yard line. He almost won the. 
The point is, Colin Kaepernick, this thing that people are not touching him. Let's move on. Denver Broncos. They liked him a year ago. Cuddy, Cap, Crap, or Draft. Trevor Simeon? That's what they're going to go with? Paxton Lynch? The Broncos. They just drafted a quarterback with the first pick. That's what I was going to say. That's, they, that's the first round pick on Paxton Lynch. They're not going that's to That's a side. Draft. Well, that's a, that's a little detour if you wish to take it. Is Paxton Lynch a bust if he doesn't beat out oh, Trevor what, Simeon what, in his what, second year? What are you I like how you pronounce Quarterbacks Simeon. play immediately oh, if they're first-round picks. No, you don't sit them for two no, years and then, oh, yeah, now the he's ready to go. See, that's the problem. See, because here's what happens. That's not the problem. That's reality, here's friend. What happens. So here's what happens. You get a young quarterback, you put him out there. He stinks for the first year as a rookie. Oh, my God, he sucks. Yeah. I didn't Let's get rid every, of him. So Every QB oh, does not have to no. hit the ground running. Some guys build up to that. Oh, when, when have we ever let anyone build up to that? Wait. Remember, the, what, what's the last quarterback that we let come into the league and build up well, to Well, the, the guy who failed for a long time but then hit his stride deep Ooh. in his career was Alex Smith. Yeah, but he was hammered. Imagine, uh, he imagine was, if Alex Smith played like he played right now in today's era, if he would get that opportunity to – kind of stay around until Jim Harbaugh could fix him. It wouldn't happen. You know who might be ready to go as a complete uh, random wild card guy who nobody pays attention to but looked good in in uh, uh, at the end of two seasons ago? Ryan Mallett, my guy. Ryan Mallett is uh, maybe uh, a better option than some of these guys in the draft. Meantime – Are you back- doing that again? I'm not – well, no, because he's, doing, he's you, now you with the Ravens. It's not going to happen. You're doing the backup quarterback thing again? You know, I'm not the, that, listen. Jimmy, the Jimmy Garoppolo. So I think, saw Jimmy Garoppolo play for two games. I'm ready. Yeah. I'm ready to hitch my wagon. I didn't on jump this. on the no. I, I, you know me. I say all the time. I'm, I'm Patriot phobic. If they just because he, just because he did well on the Patriots is not an indication of what he's going to do on your team. People, the fact that teams will continue to be seduced by Patriots who play well. Ooh, let's sign him to a big. That doesn't. It doesn't translate. The magic wears off as soon as he takes flying Elvis off his head. That, 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 it's not going to work on your team just because it worked for Belichick. You know what's better than that and better than the whole thing you were just saying about uh, <laughs> when do we give new quarterbacks a chance? How about the how many balls hit the ground in a uh, scripted practice? Like, yeah. oh, his completion percentage was – Why don't they – that's <laughs> the worst. When I knock when scouts, you know what you guys need to start doing? But we don't I, don't, do I can't gauge don't if do this that. guy's going to be – don't do that. They don't I know, do but that. at 25, 26, I don't know if the guy's going to be mature and a leader of men and all that. You have to fix that and how you gauge whether or not a Ooh. 20-year-old has those characteristics. Because that's where I started out with what's up with scouts. That's what you're attributing no, but, to. But why do we have to change that? Because it's not working. I just gave all you right. Kurt Warner, Russell Wilson, Jamarcus Russell, Tom Brady, Dak Prescott, give, Tony give Romo. Me, These are all misses. Yeah, you, you give me – oh, guys, give me someone recent. And how many people said about Russell Wilson? Jared Goff. What about him? I just – well, you just said give you a recent one. What I about – gave you Jared saying, Goff. He's the second we're overall – I mean, I'm sorry, he's the first overall pick. So, so you're saying scouts we missed on him? Yeah. Okay. Which receiver would you want to take from the L.A. Rams and start your team with? I don't know. You, got, you know that you, five know, you know you take Tavon a first Austin. You know if you take you got a five foot five Tavon Austin. Right. Hey, but he's you a weapon. Kenny, you had Kenny you had Kenny you had Kenny Britt. And who else? He's all right. Name Kenny another one. Like we're spinning the wheel. Name name somebody else that your franchise quarterback through to the common denominator with all the young quarterbacks that typically play. So well. Jared Goff was a good pick for the Rams last year? Well, I think he was the best quarterback. Well, that yeah, but was play. that the right pick? I think so. If they needed a quarterback, who else are you gonna play? Mannion? Wait, Case they Keenum. needed a quarterback. They were so desperate Case, that they had to have one, place, and then it's place, a failure because they were terrible. Yeah, but I get his point because if you draft Dak, Dak Prescott and you put him on the Rams, he we don't know that he, he would have been any better. He wouldn't have been, been any better. Like, at some point, we have to 
get away from this thing like, oh, it's the quarterback and the quarterback can do everything. They're not superhuman. I don't even think they should be paid $24, $25 million because their play is dependent on everybody else. So you know why what? would you pay the we most talked about this, Bucky. for the person who is dependent upon everybody else? That Bucky, you and me, me sat in this studio three years ago and had this very conversation that it's unfair to Brady and Peyton and the older guys because they're – taking up a greater percentage of their team salary uh, limitations, whereas Russell Wilson and Colin Kaepernick were making nothing so mm-hmm. their rosters could be deeper and so the players around them. We had this conversation, but the point I'm making is, I mean, you know what my point is. I if, don't know what your point is. If it was so, if it was so, say, if Jared Goff was was what they needed more than anything else, well, it didn't work then because they were, How did it work? It's they were terrible one. again it's last year. It's your one. It's your one. Yeah, but so don't he's you... going to work out? I think he will work out. Do you really? Yeah, All right. Think, See, now I that's think, something. If he I works think, out. If, I think this system is better. By year three if, of his career. If he's, you, have to wait th- you have to wait for quarterbacks. You have to wait 30 to 36 games to determine whether they're good or not. That is from your coach, Brian Billick. <laughs> My coach. Because David, I, don't I know you, how much you love the Ravens. <laughs> hey, but don't you think, like, so these guys that you, that you threw out at us, you know, you kind of know what you're getting with each one. At least with a guy like Jared Goff, you have an opportunity to groom him into what you want him to be. So let's take Jay Cutler. What's the book on Jay Cutler? Okay. Uh, Used to throw off his back foot a lot. I think that was a little bit overblown because their line was absolutely horrible. But the attitude and the amount of caring is really what's coming to question. I'm not inside his head. I I saw him him care the other day. Didn't he take a butt naked shot? That's right. Overlooking the world, trying to – he was reflecting. He looked terrific. Dude. He looked like Ready he really to go. cared. He's kept himself in great shape <laughs> from that path, from what I saw. He did look like he really cared when they played the Vikings. On By the way, get him some MeUndies, uh, MVP. <laughs> he was jumping that. around the night they beat Minnesota. Okay, Kaepernick. Put all the other By the way, stuff. Kyle Long yeah. says that that's all nonsense because of the way his face sits. The way Jay Cutler's face sits is why he gets those knocks. He cares deeply. Right, and Jason Witten had – Kyle Long, who clearly cares a lot. He would not support Jay Cutler just a Woody Buck. Are you giving me a look like, oh, well, that's what – it's I his mean, teammate. What do you mean, think yeah, he's But some players are boys and some players aren't boys. Yeah, right? I don't care about that. Like, he, yeah. he's talented. I just don't know if – No, that he has the one – you know, he has the desire. I don't even know if it's – I don't even know if it's that. I think it's, it's a cooperation, meaning the offense coordinator, head coach, whoever, and the quarterback. You have to be on the same level. It's no longer I dictate to you, this is how you do it. It's, hey, quarterback, what plays do you like running? What are the best plays for you? Okay, so I'm going to build that as my base, and we're going to make sure we get you all that stuff. So you you have to meet the quarterback halfway. The problem that we're having with the young quarterbacks in the game, young quarterbacks are coming from college systems that are the spread or whatever. Like Everyone talks about the spread, but everybody in the NFL runs versions of the spread. NFL coaches – refuse to meet those guys halfway. So they basically are trying to give them an encyclopedia to learn when they've never had any of that. Right. They're coming out of uh, places where they hold up pictures of Lightning McQueen or whatever, and uh, that's the play (laughs) call. But not even that. Like, the systems are too complex and complicated because you have what we, they in the league call a bunch of textbook coaches who come up with all these ideas, and we're going to have all these site adjustments and hot reads and all this. But the people on the other side, they move. And they hit. So I, I can't process all this information. So it changes the game. Are you sick, though, to wrap it up? Are you sick if you're Jay Cutler and Colin Kaepernick? Because you know 
you don't think it. You know it. And I know everybody who is a professional athlete has a tremendous ego, has an outsized ego. Mm-hmm. But for real, aren't you on Jay Cutler and Colin Kaepernick's side when they're when they're sitting around thinking, like, what gives already here? Why are teams not calling me up to be their starter when Andy Dalton is making the money he's making in Cincinnati for doing what? All the guys, you look around the league, you want that guy more than you want me? I'm not just, I'm not just doing that to Dalton. But Dalton, to me, is – is uh is kind of the you know somewhere between fifteen and twenty range. I it, think Kirk Cousins he, is there. Yeah, but right. he's been more consistent. That, by the than way, those ha- there's guys. another there's another uh, what gives scouts example okay, for. But you. Hang on, Kirk but, Cousins, third round pick. Now he's uh, making four, a fortune. He's a fourth round pick. Fourth round pick. All right, so he should have gone higher. But right? Dalton's been more consistent than these no, guys. No, he shouldn't have gone higher. Why should he have gone higher? You know, why, you know why he shouldn't have gone higher? I'm listening to you. I want to yeah. hear Bucky's explanation you know on Kirk Cousins. Because he's driving a Cadillac. He was driving a Cadillac with the skins last year. Deshaun Jackson, Pierre Gerson, Jordan Reed. He had everything that you want. They got an upgraded offensive line. Kirk Cousins was driving a Cadillac. We will see this year if Kirk Cousins is good enough or not. Well, that's, now he doesn't have all that. Back to five minutes ago, the Russell Wilson, Colin Kaepernick versus Peyton and Brady thing, when you start making that much money and you suck up that much money from the, the, the teams. The, ex- the expectation is you, you now in a trailer. Right. I need you to be a truck. That's it. And drive, your prediction is here. Kirk Cousins will not do that. No. All right. See, there you go. I just think, you know, you mentioned. But the point is Cutler can do that. He can't carry a team. He's somewhere in between. He's got the gifts of being a truck, but for whatever reason, when he's been on good teams, he has been successful, hasn't he? I mean, isn't that true? Relatively speaking, hasn't yeah, Cutler been a good QB? He's talented enough to be a truck. However, I don't think he, I don't think his management skills allow him to carry a team. All right, but he's on. The, if you put him on the Houston Texans, doesn't that give them a better chance of going to the Super Bowl than Tom Savage or Ryan if, Fitzpatrick? If Bill o- and isn't that the point of it all? Bill O'Brien could control him. If Bill O'Brien could find a way to get the most out of him, yes, because he's talented enough to be a Super Bowl quarterback. EH, but Don't, I want yeah, Cuddy I, in Houston. Okay, but you mentioned Andy Dalton and Kirk Cousins. At Cousins, we have a pretty small window. What do we have, 25 starts? But over those 25 starts, and then you take Dalton's career, they've been more consistent, both of them, than Cutler or Kaepernick. Who? Uh, Andy Dalton has been a more consistent player. Granted, it may Talk be. Talk about driving a Cadillac. Hey, I'm not saying. A.J. Green behind a great I, offensive line. I'm not saying that Colin Kaepernick hasn't hit higher peaks, but he's also hit lower valleys. So I think that's what I, I was get, trying to I say guess, to you. I guess what do I, get, what do I get when I get the Andy Dalton car? I get a beige car. Yep. Good gas but, mileage. Nothing sexy. I yeah. I mean, is it a is a Honda Accord? AM FM cassette. Is it a Kia? Yeah. Like what? Like Bob Seger's no, great. I'm not naming any cars because I'd like for one of them to step up and sponsor us. <laughs> so, so, so I'm not saying he's better or worse. No, no, no. I'm saying he's different because no, he's a little he's more different. consistent without the peaks. And part of my reason with Andy Dalton is it's good that you bring that up because I've, I've I told you I believe that Jay Gruden likes a kind of mediocre, average quarterback. Right. Like because he gets jollies out of dealing with them and not necessarily super talented guys, but. With Kirk Cousins and Andy Dalton, I believe there is a ceiling in terms of what you can reach with them. Unless everything is absolutely perfect around them, I think they are 9-7, and 10-6 quarterbacks. I don't think they have the ability to get you over the hump and make a significant push because at the end of the day, in those super, in the, on those Super Bowl runs, there's going to be a game or two where it's going to be on the quarterback. And can that quarterback – kind of raise his game to be like, you know what? This game, I got to put you on the shoulders. I'm going to do it. So then we're in agreement. It's got to be Kaepernick or Cuddy for the Texans. So to go full circle back to Tony Romo, Tony Romo had shown that he could put a team on his back 
because he had those awful teams in Dallas that he got to be average. The only thing that you couldn't do, why you couldn't put the cherry on the Sunday, they didn't do it in an epic fashion where they got to the winner's circle, either getting to the Super Bowl or anything like that. He has that on his belt, then we don't have the debate whether he's a Hall of Famer. But because he doesn't have that moment, that's why. Yeah, 2013. No, you're right. They have a, they have a, did they go to the championship game yet? Nope. No, 2013. They didn't had, get to a championship game. 2013, they gave up the most yards per game in NFL history, the Cowboys, and they went 8-8. Eight and eight. I mean, How do you do that unless your quarterback is balling? So that's the thing. His 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 best years didn't coincide with the team's best. Uh, we 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 barely even got into it. I didn't get into your breakdown, but of course, Bucky and Daniel Jeremiah are talking about it on Move the Sticks. I wanted to get some QB uh, the QB? 2017 draft stuff. Like who do you like? I'll tell you. I'll tell you who to like real quick. I like Kaiser, the best out of that group. Kaiser's the most talented. Kaiser has the biggest upside. Kaiser's that, you know what? That t- prototypically, can I tell you something, Bucky? Guy. When you, when uh, you're thinking uh, late at night or where, whenever you're thinking about uh, – what does Dave Damashek think? I don't think we Dave Damashek late at night. I don't – I don't. I mean, you can play like games. Early in the you morning? can be coy now. <laughs> you can be coy now, uh, but whatever. When you're sitting around talking with all the muckety-mucks and like, well, Dave Damashek once said, remember, this is uh, one of Damashek's uh, beliefs. Give me the talented guy at quarterback. I'll, fine. I'll I'll swing and miss on my predictions on who's going to be a good NFL quarterback because they're because they they ain't right in the head. Ryan Mallett being one of them. I'll take the talented guy and then I'll go from there. Don't give me this Ryan Fitzpatrick, Brian Hoyer jazz. I would never give you. Don't that. put that on my team. I don't want it. I'll try to deal with the personality and I'll work around that. Give me the talented guy in the well, NFL. Well, your team is going to pull the trigger on one though. So that's right. Of the three, Pittsburgh the Steelers. It's five. So Deshaun Watson, winner, intangibles. The bigger the stage, the better he plays. That's right. There's some issues in terms of his accuracy. You worry about his ability to move beyond, like, first and second reads. But he's super talented. Same he, things you would say it. about Cam Newton and Ben Roethlisberger when they were coming out. Yeah, you could say the same thing. Right. Mr. Brisky, probably the purest pocket passer, outstanding timing anticipation, gets the ball out, um, can make every throw. To me, when I first looked at him, he kind of reminded me a little bit of Alex Smith when I saw Alex Smith out of Utah. Whatever you think about Alex Smith, that's kind of how I viewed Trubisky. Talented enough to win games, he can do it. Kaiser, big, classic, strong-arm passer. He's the prototypical franchise quarterback physically. Can make all the throws, can push it. Those are time and touch anticipation. Also has zip and velocity. Athletic enough. Good fit for – where's he a good fit? Can play in, he can play in any system. If Alex Smith is a good – if, if is the comp, then you're saying the Chiefs controlled uh, style Same offense. Same thing. Deshaun Watson could play in Kansas City because he do, he would do a great job on Andy Reid and those things. Oh, really? play in New York Ooh, because New York is a quick rhythm pass game to get the ball out. Deshaun Kaiser – I would love – you know system. what? I, I have a sneaking suspicion Andy Reid really would like to get a new QB. He is going to get a new QB. Everyone, all those guys, all those guys we're talking about, those old QBs, Rivers, Roethlisberger, Manning, Smith, Breeze. How about that? And let me leave you with this. Float this, and if it happens, I'll be a genius. Why not the New Orleans Saints? Where are they going? They winning a Super Bowl this year? Come on, they're not going to win the Super Bowl. No, they're not. Trade Drew Breeze to the Houston Texans. First round draft pick, bang and bang, send them back to the Lone Star State <laughs> Breeze. I don't think that that's Texas a great idea. I just first had. round pick for Drew Breeze. Uh, uh, come on, although I do you don't think like teams that. They're win now mode. I think that's a fun idea. I just everybody's gave you. In, everybody's in win now mode. You can't trade Drew Breeze. Not the Jets. Not the Niners. Sorry, Chase. Chase Daniel. Don't jive. Don't play games with me. You know that. Those, I just told you. 
you have Brian Hoyer as your starting QB. You ain't uh, setting your sights on Lombardi in Super Bowl 52. Why do you think the Saints can't win the NFC South? They, they can. Defense. There's a difference between that. And they're the they're building the defense. They don't play defense. Ah, you might be right. I All right, I got to run. I got to right, Listen, you know what, Bucky? I don't like those. They don't have any any more. No one possess. And you know what? You got a <laughs> lot of good things going. Where were going. you going with that? I need more. I need more possess. I and, need more than that. Yeah, and you know what? I need a better completion percentage out of I scouts on quarterbacks. That's I need, what I need. I you need don't more. get the MUP. Elliot Harrison does. He's sad. He's down in the dumps. Put on those underpants. <laughs> pretend they were Romos. To pretend I, those. I, I, I gotta go to work. Gotta pretend go to work. those were Romo game worn. <laughs> you win. You win the first MUP here. The me undies performer. Elliot Harrison on this day. There goes Bucky Brooks. Check him out on Path to the Draft. Listen to Move the Sticks. All that stuff. Elliot Harrison. You see all his pages. NFL.com, Power Rankings, and Beyond. You know his work. Check it out. Spaghetti behind the glass. Emma VP as well. We had a lot of good stuff playing, but then Romo went and uh, retired, and we didn't even talk about how Romo's going to be in the booth. I don't care. By the way, I tweeted it. In a world that had, well, I'm going to see now you can keep the music going or not. I'm going to say it. But I can't believe that I go on Twitter the day Romo retires and signs with CBS, and there's this much noise from serious-minded people talking about how can Tony Romo get the first, how can he be replacing Phil Simms? He has no experience. Outrageous, I say. Donald Trump's the president of the United States. I'm I'm out of outrage on people who are out of their depth. That's right. Hey, this, dude. This is what we care about? Is hey, we, what? Phil Simms was put with the number one team. It was Granted, it was a three-man booth, with, but uh, it was uh, Paul McGuire, Paul, wasn't it? Right, with Paul yeah, McGuire. In, in 95. Yep, very nice. Very so, nicely done. Same and, deal. And Dick Enberg. And one more thing, now that I've mentioned uh, Eddie Spaghetti, is uh, Spaghetti's guy, Patrick Ewing, is now the coach of, uh, of Georgetown. Spaghetti, as uh, listeners may or may not know, New York City sports fan, he casually f- threw out, well, I mean, Ewing, I'm really happy for him, you know, top – top uh, you know he's a uh new york city um mount rushmore guy and i said what patrick ewing is a is a is a mount rushmore guy they only have four faces on there and he said yeah well he's a, probably the sixth or eighth best center in nba history i don't know that he would beat out clyde frazier first of all second of all if you count hockey which obviously i do and i thought you did too spaghetti you don't go king you don't go with uh king henrik I think he has to win. I think if you're going to go range, you can't go Messi. you got to go Brian Leach. Leach? Uh, I think Leach because he was there. For well, the longer. King did win. Henrik Lund- I mean, well, no, I mean, went to the finals. No, I, I understand. Is- um, I think also a New York Mount Rushmore could like legitimately be all Yankees. So I feel like I wanted to spread the love and get one from each major sport. All right, LT, definitely. LT, I had LT, here. Ruth. I think you could argue LT, Ruth, Leach. Mickey, got to be Mickey. Mm, well, I, how many baseball guys are you going to put? I don't know, but Leach would be. Cra- I mean, Leach's Leach face would hard. seem weird. Elliot Ooh, Harrison's Ooh. never even heard of. Brian. Brodeur also could have an argument. You want to put Jersey in there? Brodeur. I'm not putting in no devil in nothing. And Go meanwhile, ahead. meanwhile, the most popular team, the late '50s, early '60s Giants. Don't even mention anyone. No Sam. I Huff, almost mentioned no Frank 16. Gifford. I almost mentioned no, 16, uh, but he doesn't stack up against LT. What do you? I know, not against LT. I'm just saying, you know, like. The, the late 50. I mean, Sam Huff was like featured on 60 Minutes. I mean, he was no more a Joe Morris guy. Big deal, Joe Morris, Syracuse. Well, that's the other thing too. If you value winning, a lot of the franchises in New York, you can't. Oh yeah, Eli too. Oh, you're Eli. the other what one. About too. Willis Got, Reed. 
Well, uh, Willis Reed is interesting, but Ewing ultimately is superior. But the but the other one is uh, is uh, Broadway Joe. If you're making a Mount Rushmore, Tom Seaver. Let's not be silly. Let's just put uh, Broadway Joe up there. I mean, he's got the reference to the city. This is in tough. I mean, this is a whole podcast in and of itself. Uh, yeah, I got ripped by my my bosses at the other job. Patrick and you, Ewing. so. Uh, Ewing. Ewing stats better than Frazier, better than Willis Reed. I think he's he united the '90s Knicks. He brought the Garden back. I think. I, what, what about I enjoyed uh, those? I enjoyed that era a great deal. What about Willie Mays and Duke Snyder and those guys were playing in New York? Nah, not Willie Mays. Did I mean, play, well, well, yeah, they, Willie Mays. But at the then start he, of their career, no. Weren't the Giants? In, I mean, no. For a, for a, a decent chunk of his uh, career, at least he was out. Not Willie McCovey, but uh, yeah, you could go with some of those New York Giants. I guess yeah, we have to mention Brooklyn Dodgers. Jackie Robinson. Jackie Robinson. All right, I don't know. It's enough of this conversation. Why do you take me down this path? I might take them underpants away from you, though. Did you say Mark Messier? We said Messier. Oh, okay. Did we talk? I don't know. If spaghetti doesn't. I well, that's where we park our cars in the same garage on that spaghetti. I'm not a Messier fan. Dirtiest sports legend ever. That's my claim. Dirtiest. Don't shake your head at me. He's the dirtiest. I mean, filthy player. I just talked to Mean Joe Green about uh, the notion of being. I'll I'll tell Elliot about that off the air. You should go listen to that interview. You, of all people, will enjoy it, Elliot Harrison. Spaghetti, go spit. Hey. Emma VP. You cannot close a podcast without giving your. You never gave your opinion on Tony Romo. Hall. I didn't give my opinion. No. Do I think he's a Hall of Famer? Sorry, Emma, it's my fault, but he never, you know. No, and I don't want to knock Romo too hard because I would, I would actually take some gold jackets away if I, if I had that power. I know your first one you'd take away. I can predict it right now. Twelve. Yep. The Aqua Twelve. <laughs> That's right. I know. Bob exactly. Greasy, what's he in the Hall of Fame for? Yeah. Threw four passes I, in the Super it. Bowl. He contributed as much to the Super Bowl victory as I did just about. Ooh, which maybe means I <laughs> deserve a gold jacket. That's something to talk about. We'll do that uh, at a later date. In the meantime, thanks, Elliot Harrison. You thanks, bet. Bucky Brooks, Spaghetti. Emma VP, the rest of the gang, will be back a couple days from now with another episode of the Dave Damashek Football Program presented by Me Undies. In the meantime, thanks so much, football fans, fans of life. It's been a thin slice of heaven. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.
Hyundai. You ever get that feeling like the concrete jungles closing in? You crave wide open spaces, the chance to chase your own dinner, or just breathe clean air. Well, listen up. There's a whole world out there waiting, and finding your piece of it just got easier. Head over to land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, you name it. Search by acreage, price, location. They've got it all. No matter what kind of wild dream you're chasing, land.com can help you find the ground to make it a reality. So quit dreaming. Head over to land.com, find your open space, and get out there.